What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a podcast about all things Dungeons and Dragons. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis. With me this week is... Allie Deichman. That's right. And this week we are going to be talking about creating character hooks as well as connecting campaigns. Uh, and then we're not answering any listener questions at the end because we don't have any because we didn't solicit for any of them. So send those in to <laughs> difficultyclass.gmail.com and we'll do it next time. Mm-hmm. But before all that... Allie, how are your games this week? So since the first time since we started pl- doing this podcast, I didn't play D&D this week. Oh my God. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't been there. Yeah, so I, did, I didn't get to play. I uh, I played a lot of Bloodborne and Minecraft, but aside from that, no, not much D&D. <laughs> I, I mean, Bloodborne, my, Minecraft, I mean, yeah, you know, it's good. I built a farm. Hey. You know. <laughs> You know, you, you did a thing my players did in Chult. So, so there you go. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I think I only played... I think I only played last night. I'm trying to think of uh, between the uh, last uh, episode of this one. Yeah, I only played last night. And it was a, it was a good one, uh, despite everyone afterwards getting on Discord and being like, guys, I'm really sorry. I, <laughs> I'm, I don't know what's going on with me yeah. in that game. Like, everyone was just like, oh, yeah, no, we were not good that game. And I'm over here like, I, I thought it was a good session. <laughs> Okay, um, but uh, it I, I it was good because um I it was one of those split path sessions where it's ah. like okay where are we actually gonna go, and it, I didn't plan a lot, um which worked out for the better. Okay, um I planned out because they they went and spoke to the oracle, and um I had some I had some answers set for them not the story for them mm-hmm. and we'll get into a little bit more later with one of the topics but um essentially i started putting in seeds for later oh cool um but yeah so i, I essentially like metagaming wise i gave them the option you gave your players with storm king's thunder of you can either go kill all of these uh giant lords mm-hmm. and you get a level for every giant lord that you kill or we just keep going with the story right now. Oh, cool. And last session, after you know, after they defeated the the countess and they were like, Yeah. <laughs> they were like bloodthirsty. They're like, go fuck up everybody. <laughs> Whereas uh this time they were a little more like, I don't know if I wanna do that. I don't know if my character would wanna, you know, just go kill to kill for no reason. Right. And so um Uthal got overruled. Um and, <laughs> uh, and they're gonna be heading more into the end game of the story now, which I'm very excited about because I think that is where the more interesting part of the story lies. <laughs> oh. So like the reasoning behind why my characters decided to go after these giant lords was because through the Oracle, they, and through the news of the sword coast, they actually learned what these giant lords were doing mm-hmm. and they were going to stop eventually, but the characters decided themselves that, they'd rather see them not do these evil things anymore yeah. them like personally so that's why they the, went out of their way it is worth mentioning there was another thing that pushed them towards going towards the end game Ooh. and it was because i did sit down beforehand and go through like okay they're going here what does that mean and everything and i realized oh they left hecaton here <laughs> and he didn't leave because Imrith was there, and he didn't want to leave the temple while a dragon was in there. Hecaton, you mean? Um... Oh, not Hecaton. Sorry, um, um, Harshnag. Harshnag, yeah. yeah. Hecaton. Um, and so, uh, she fucking kidnapped him. Oh, she kidnapped him. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and so now they're like, okay, well, that giant blue dragon took our friend. You you pulled a mickle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I kind of did, um, but it was one of those things where I'm like, this is the only thing I could really see going w- well out of that, because I didn't want them to just be like, oh, and there's Harshnag's dead corpse. Yeah. And plus, I came up with a pretty good reason for why she kidnapped him, so... Ooh, um, very cool. Yeah, it wasn't just to do it to do it, so yeah. that that was another reason why they moved more towards doing that. Very awesome. But yeah, that was enough about my game. <laughs> well, um, I guess... In the future-wise, for me personally, this week, well, today, technically, will be the last time I'm not DMing. Oh, oh, I'm I'm going to hop back in the saddle. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. um, Ben's been running these one-shots for us that kind of scatter through. Didn't I see Marco say that uh, the last one happened the other day or something? Yeah. um, And today we're going to finish up the Blue Alley. And so 
Um, and then after that, I'm going to get back into the Neverwinter campaign. Cool. Yeah, I've been uh, prepping myself. I've been I've been listening to our. <laughs> I've compiled a playlist for all the PCs. <laughs> like, oh, nice. Of music, so I've just been listening to that nonstop. Just like I've been really getting back into the mood of like playing that that's game. A, I that's a really good way to do it. That oh, yeah. like when I'm when when I'm writing a book or something like that, I have a playlist that's like songs are connected to specific characters. So like yeah. to get into the mood or the mindset, like I listen to that. That's re- that's a really good idea to do oh, with yeah. that. And it's, it's really fun when you find a very per- specific song that matches perfectly with the characters. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's like this, and then you show the, the character, <gasps> the, the player and they're like, Oh my God. Yeah, this is my character. <laughs> and then you just feel good about that. And then you listen to that on loop nonstop, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's move over into some broadsheets. All right. Allie, you called this. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Theros was announced as a campaign setting for Dungeons & Dragons. Yay! From the Magic the Gathering <laughs> universe, uh, just like how Ravnica was. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm very excited. <laughs> Me too. Um, so the cool thing about this, it comes out on June 2nd. Um, these, I, 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 real quick, these announcements... And release dates are really close to each other now. Yeah. Because, I mean, think about, like, Descent was announced in June last year and released in September. That was their, like, big book of the year. I know, but, like, but like other words, like, Saltmarsh was announced in, like, February, and I think it came out in May. Mm. Yeah, because, it. oh, no, it came out so close to the Descent event that you and I were like, why did they overlap this? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they, like yeah, that was weird. So that that's like you know four or five months away. Well, what about um Wild Mount? When, when when did they announce that officially? January. Oh, and it's coming out in March this month. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, uh, that, that's interesting. Um, that's coming out June second, mm-hmm. which is very soon. But I think that's mostly because they want it to coincide with the Theros set with Magic the Gathering as well. So that way it's still relevant because they did that with Ravnica as well. Yeah. I thought um, the Theros set was already going. I haven't played it. It is, but I think time. they might be doing a, a three for for this set as well, like they did for <laughs> Ravnica. But um, I, I haven't played Magic in a long time. So the <laughs> last time I heard, they're like, "We're going down to only two block sets," and now they're like, "Never mind." <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the officially the Mythic Odysseys of Theros. I'm has two new subclasses in it. Aside from that, we haven't really been told too much about it. Um, yeah. We can only assume there's a ton of really cool monsters and gods and stuff in mm-hmm. there. Um, there's the College of Eloquence and the Oath of Glory, which I was at first like, oh, both of those. Um, as I mentioned on Twitter, totally called that. Mm-hmm. Spencer even mentioned about like, oh, which other ones? Oh, probably that um, Eloquence, the the bard that bards really well. I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe that would work in there. And then it totally was. <laughs> um, funny enough, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to look at those again. They're in, the, they're in the same UA. Oh, really? Yeah. In that huge stream of just like UAs of subclasses, those two were in their own. Oh. Yeah. It was just the two of them? Yeah. Interesting. It was the Bard of uh, the College of Eloquence and the Oath of Heroism. <sighs> well, man, do I hope that they updated that Oath of Heroism because Ooh. that one sucked. And the, the College of Eloquence was nice, but it was very lackluster. It was just like, hey, do you like barding? How about if you bard just a little bit harder? Yeah. And, and, and I mean, if you take if you think about it in the word in the terms of like a satyr, mm-hmm. it does make a lot of sense. But yeah, I hope it I hope they really yeah. touched it up. Yeah, because we were talking and it's like the College of Eloquence is pretty good for a campaign that you're not planning to fight at all because mm-hmm. it would be perfect for a campaign where you you don't want to kill anyone. You just want to handle things and turn people in. You don't want to you don't want to anger anybody. Yeah. And it's like that's that's the class you want to go for because it has everything to help you for that. But if you're in combat, I'm not sure how versatile it would be to do that and combat. Yeah. <laughs> They also said that they're going to have god weapons. Yes. So just like how in the uh, first set, I don't know about the current set, but in the the original (laughs) set of Theros, there were the artifacts that were the god weapons. Yeah. And they were pretty fucking OP. Oh, yeah. No, that's probably what I'm most excited about is just like all the Greek themed shit like too, because having a stat for like a a god. (laughs) I mean, we have those. I know, but... Eh, kind of. <laughs> this is like a the name Demogorgon specific god. <laughs> He's a prince. <laughs> but I mean, like something else that I'm excited about is just this 
concept of like high fantasy Greek like a setting is more widely uh, like accessible, I guess, for the general audience than yeah. than a setting that they've been pushing like Wildmount. Because I've been seeing on Twitter too people saying like, "Well, I'm more excited for Theros than I am for Wildmount." But considering that Wildmount is just another high fantasy setting, yeah, generic number well, th- three. This, but is, it's not this generic, is what we but... talked about with them doing a campaign book for uh, Faerun or Dragonlance or yeah. Greyhawk, where it's like you don't have anything super unique on yeah. the cover that isn't just high fantasy. I mean, Wildmount's cover, I really do like it, but it's like. Fantasy person, fantasy person, forest mountain. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, All right. we should, we should here's another fantasy game. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this is like, oh, Dude's I've been interested. A fucking Hydra. Hydra. Yeah. Like a, a freak, like star constellation Hydra. Yeah. It's, it's, it looks really cool. And I'm thinking a lot of people are going to get excited about it just in the game store. Just looking at this book being, man, this is a Greek book that yeah. I can play like an RPG with. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that, especially the concept of just like you can do your own Odyssey. I mean, you you were already <laughs> talking about last year with the um the Unchained book of doing a Greek god style like Xena thing. Yeah, so funny enough, uh, I, I had this conversation with Spencer the other night where I realized I've been doing things before they make official rulings for it, and then like giving up halfway, and then now they make rules for it, so now I'm okay <laughs> because like. Three years ago, I wanted to do like an archipelago kind of style game where mm-hmm. it was like all about sailing and all about like going through islands and fighting sea monsters. But there were no rules concrete about sailing on boats, on like boat warfare, on sailing, like on navigating. Yeah. And then Ghost of Saltmarsh came out. It's true. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. And then about two years ago, I wanted to do a Greek campaign. <laughs> and I think I told you about yeah. that one where it's like I had hydras. I oh, yeah, had, I remember. Like I had a... Uh, the the snake ladies i can't remember the name right now thank you medusas (laughs) (laughs) although it was a they're twins anyways it was like (laughs) i had all that going on i even had like a god come down and be like yo i need you to solve this for me because you know it's greek yeah (laughs) and then i kind of was like ah this is a lot of work to put into it and so it's like i kind of gave up on that one and we went back to the neverwinter campaign what and this now story is saying is we're going to be really bad at putting stuff on DMs Guild. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is I just need to wait a little bit and D&D will put out their own book. <laughs> so, you know, that's exciting. I mean, again, we'll get into this in the later topic. But one of the things I'm really excited about is I've wanted to do a plane hopping adventure oh my God, for the yeah. longest time. For the longest time. And... I have a plethora of options now. And they're different. And they're different. They're so different from each other. I, know. I mean, like you've got you've got Faerun, which is like standard yeah. high fantasy kind of campaign era set plane setting. And then you have like Eberron, Eberron. Ravnica. Ravnica. Th- Theros is gonna come yeah. out. I, well, I mean, like it it doesn't help for for my hype levels that like Theros was the set I dove the hardest into. Yeah. I owned more Theros cards than any other set of magic the gathering and i i'm i'm so i'm so down i can't wait to do freaking crazy shit in there (laughs) and see that was the same thing for me for ravnica so it's like i understand that hype i i was there yeah and so it's like i'm i'm in general just excited about this announcement all right one quick piece of news is that dungeon mayhem monster madness expansion that we talked about way back you know probably like five episodes ago or so (laughs) has finally been released after its uh delay and uh looks pretty awesome and i'm excited to play it oh yeah i mean uh, just a heads up it has a box that can contain every single class that's, that's the thing that's yeah. come out that's the one that nailed it for me that i'm gonna get because yeah. the box that the first one comes in is not very storage conducive <clears throat> yeah but this one it has like little folders and plus there's just hooks magoots how can you not <laughs> Okay, let's move over to some dungeon keeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, a reminder, we are doing the Explorer's Guide to Wildmount review at the end of this month. Yeah. Uh, so write in with any questions or concerns or anything that you have about this book, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about it on the show or answer a few questions uh, if you're apprehensive about buying it. Uh, oh, yeah. you, you can send that into difficultyclass@gmail.com, and we will put it into that episode. Uh, next piece of uh, dungeon keeping is uh, we're going to be interviewing our friend Wiz uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, we're not sure if it's going to be next week or the week after, uh, you know, scheduling and all that fun stuff. Um, but uh, you will be getting an interview this month with a creator of D&D stuff. 
like oh, yeah. uh, not just D&D, but RPG stuff. She makes dice holders. She makes uh, the, the dice boxes and she makes soaps out of dice and bath, oh, yeah, bombs, bath and bombs. And I love oh, it. It's so good. They're so good, good too. <laughs> um, so if you have any questions for a creator, uh, send those in to difficultyclass.gmail.com and we will ask her and she will answer to the best of her abilities because, you know, you might be asking about how to make dice. She's like, I don't know yet. <laughs> Still working on that. Uh, all right. Uh, champion loot time. Quick reminder, baby spurts out. Get him. It's so adorable. He's so cute. He's so cute. <laughs> uh, so you can uh, go grab that familiar and support uh, a f- fantastic group of people mm-hmm. that are helping out kids. Uh, it's only 10 bucks, and you get a bunch of really good stuff out of it. And uh, now for the moment, I'm sure you all fast forwarded to. <laughs> uh, this week's code is M-I-H-I-E-C-C-O. B-R-O-G. There you go, Josh. Now you don't have to listen to the rest of the episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Let's uh let's go uh let's go into topic number one. Yeah. Which uh is actually from Jonathan Ship. Uh he uh he wrote in and said, I wanted to bring up a possible show topic. Spoilers, it totally is. Um <laughs> All published campaigns discuss character hooks to kick off a story, but I'm running a game of Tyranny of Dragons, and I feel a strong desire to build up some added player hooks during the course of the campaign. During, uh, depending on upon the player, I think it will help build out their identity within the world. Uh, for others, I think it would be more engaging to develop personal tension slash friction with the big bad evil guy. Uh, I think things uh, like this help each player and their character feel more involved in the overall story and can provide a great chance uh, so can provide great chances for characters to stand out and feel like they are a part of a bigger world. And he does go on from there. He gives a couple examples of things. Um, like one of the examples is uh, Big Bad Evil Guy uh, spend, uh, sends correspondence um, to a character posing as a family member uh, or personal contact prompting the party to take action and fall into a trap. Uh, shows personal hatred for the big bad evil guy because uh, causes... Ah, I can't speak today. Ugh, Words them. suck. <laughs> big bad evil guy's cause uh, by a player with a personal vendetta. Um, so, yeah, we thought this would be a good one about creating character hooks. Oh, yeah. Because the books do give them, and they're okay, but the problem with them lies in the fact that the person writing them doesn't know your players. Yeah, and if you do end up using these hooks, more often than not, you end up building a character around that hook. Yeah. More so than anything. <laughs> I, I, Yeah, no, like Tyranny of Dragons we did with Spencer. Like, I don't think my character was built around that hook, but mm. it fit the character pretty well. Yeah. But that was a, that's an exception, not a rule. <laughs> you already came in hard and fast with that, with that character. <laughs> Hell yeah, I did. Hell yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I guess the the question is like, what would you go about doing for creating a character hook for a player or with a player? Um, something that I would probably start off with is checking out the background that they go for, mm-hmm. um, like mechanically, like whatever background they chose, like if it's noble or something like that, or if it's a sailor, um, and kind of theme it off of that, because uh, one of the things that I actually enjoyed because I remember doing this for the Tomb of Annihilation campaign that I ran, um is that it actually provides an entire like table for background hooks based off of like for player hooks based off of the background. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, they're specific towards it too. So it's a little more customized uh, than the average, like here's five that you can choose from that the tyranny of dragons kind of does for you. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, tyranny of dragons. And again, it's it's because it was the first one. It was the first one. But yeah, yeah, it's it's like, here's a random thing. And here's another (laughs) random. Like mine was you infiltrated the cult of dragons and, you know, made your way through their ranks or something like that. And then another one is like, you were an ancient gold dragon that died (laughs) and has been reincarnated (laughs) as a humanoid and must, you know, do the will of Baha. I'm like, these are vastly different. And then mine was like... Um, you've been having this dream every single five nights for the rest, for the whole, for your whole yeah. life. And it's been this terrible omen of the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. They, they, those are kind of, um, spread out. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they range from like, kind of like, oh, okay. You could choose to go down that yeah. path or to, this is your destiny. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, uh, there's no like. There's no middle ground, really, aside from those 
it's what one of the things that I've been doing recently as far as character hooks go, mm-hmm. um, I don't particularly worry about them in the first couple of sessions. Oh gosh, no, yeah. Um, I mean, most of them that are in the campaign books are like, bam, smack dab right in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Like Tyranny of Dragons, like you're in the you've infiltrated the cult of the dragons. Like, well, all right, guess where you're gonna be. Um, <laughs> but what I do is my favorite thing to do recently is sit down with a player with the Xanathar's guide mm-hmm. and I'm like, let's just roll some dice. Yeah. And, and I'll ask him like, do you want to know about your family? No. Okay. Let's skip over here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's like, what's your age? All right. We're going to roll for how many life events you have. And now we're going to roll for those life events. And what yeah. I'm doing as they're rolling this stuff, <laughs> you know, as long as it's not like what Thomas got as in being swallowed by a uh, giant fish and living in its gut for a month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm constantly <laughs> thinking about the campaign we're about to play and how I can tie things to it. Yeah. I mean, funny enough, as a DM, I tend to write campaigns around the players more mm-hmm. so than writing the players around the campaign. Yeah. Um, especially because you're coming in with that session zero and someone's like, I have this really cool idea um, where my family, my dad is the leader of like this criminal syndicate and uh, I'm one of his many, many kids and I'm running away from that lifestyle. And I'm like, oh, cool, 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 cool. So that's totally not going to be a bad guy later in my campaign. No worries. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so it's like, even though I had no plans to have this criminal syndicate in my campaign, now I can. Yeah. <laughs> like like one one of the one of the ones that I did with Dragon Heist was Tara. Um she rolled on that and one of the things she had was that there uh she was born with a prophecy. Mm-hmm. And that's all it says. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't guide you much from there. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't give a rat's ass what it means. <laughs> it, it could you could be restoring the balance to the force and it doesn't give two shits. Yeah. Um but <laughs> so what I did was I looked at what I wanted to play with in Dragon Heist, mm-hmm. and I knew Mad Mage was coming out. The spoilers didn't even get to do it. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to, I thought it would be cool to tie her story to Waterdeep, since that's where they're going to be playing. So I had, I, I wrote out, it was basically a haiku because I can't rhyme. Um, and I wrote out a prophecy that had to do with. Uh, the Tarrasque nice. and uh, the Weave underneath okay. uh, the, the basically what Halaster was fucking with. Yeah. And so I gave her that prophecy. She knew it. And shit, I think like 13 sessions later, <laughs> some a NPC said the prophecy to her. And she was like, how what? the fuck did you know that? What? Yeah. So <laughs> that was a long game. Uh, that was a long con. Yeah, it was a long con for, <laughs> for a, a player hook. And what's really funny is now that player hook has actually become the backstory for her character continuing into Baldur's Gate. Oh, that's cool. Um, So, like, w- when I'm doing a, a character hook, like, it's mainly, like, for mystery, uh, you know, motivation, uh, but it, it like... Sometimes it is the whole like, oh, this is tied very closely to this campaign. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's just stuff that is connected to it. For for instance, um, Alex's character in Waterdeep, uh, he rolled on that on the weird stuff table and got uh, you met an archdemon and lived to tell the tale. Ooh! And so we actually workshopped it and had it that there is a small demon named Knox that follows him around and only he can see. Oh, right, And it right, appears right. to him every so often. Mm-hmm. And I went, this is fucking great because I already decided on who the villains are going to be <laughs> and they are very closely tied to demons and devils. That's awesome. So I was able to actually fully tie his story to that storyline because we rolled on it. Oh, see, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, definitely. Because if, if you can build the story around what your players choose for their backgrounds then that itself their backgrounds become the character hooks yeah and 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 i think that's mainly what i'm going for with it because it when you're creating if you're trying to create that one to two sentence description that's in the book it's almost a little too on the nose for me like if it's like 
your grandfather gave you an heirloom that, you know, fucking said to go here and find <laughs> out information or some shit. I know, like those, that... those always made me laugh. Cause like the whole, like, Oh yeah, you, you need to, uh, this omen is telling you to go to greenest. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, well I made it to greenest now. What? <laughs> and, well, it's not just that, but then like you have the players who just go up to every person and shake them by the color. What do you know about my omen? Tell me what you know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't work very well for, no. uh, for a campaign when you have one player just going around shaking everyone, trying to get information out of them yeah <laughs> um i like i really like what my my brother-in-law nick did for um our game right now his character daggery he's carrying a holy symbol he's a mm-hmm. cleric he's carrying a holy symbol for a god he doesn't know the name of oh cool and he learned the name of it last night Ooh, fun yeah that was one of the really cool that I, I i actually didn't understand that he didn't know the name i thought he just didn't know where the god was ah. so it worked out it was fine uh, <laughs> but that was you know miscommunication on, on my end um but I really love that because it would he he has this question, but he's only asked it like four times. Yeah, and, it, and finally on the fourth time he got the answer. <laughs> um, so I, but you know, if you have like what Jonathan's talking about here is that he has new players, and I had new player. I had one new player when we started uh, Dragon Heist, and what I did with my sister was just throw in stuff. You know, do the Xanathar's guy thing. So it's just like, oh, this is just background stuff on a piece of paper. I don't really need to worry about this. Yeah. And then when I start referencing that and I start talking about that, that's pulling their interest in because they're like, oh, I know this. That's me. I know this one. (laughs) Um, So I think that is almost a better way to do it than to just give them a one to two sentence hook. Yeah, definitely. I I'm, I would totally recommend. I mean, like, especially if you name drop someone in their background. Yeah. That really pulls them in. They're yeah, like, I, wait, 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 what? What was that name? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of dropping the ball on that with Baldur's Gate because I have several players who roll that you have an enemy adventure oh or you have an ally adventure. <laughs> and I'm like, I have to come up with all these. And I haven't sat down and done. I really need to do that. Probably going to do it next week. Um, you know what book did a really good job of introducing character technical hooks hmm. into like whatever story you could do? Ravnica. Because they built a character building like system where it's like, oh yeah, with these guilds, you have an enemy. Oh an yeah, ally, yeah. Oh, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> and oh my it's god, like, I totally forgot about that. And there's the whole that. reason why you're in this guild. And it's like, it's not specific towards a campaign at all because there's no Ravnica yeah. campaign. But for whatever you're building, whatever they roll, you can customize it to be a hook for your campaign. That's true. I didn't even think about that. That's that's a really good one. That was a lot yeah. of fun to do. Like your Minotaur, he has, his ally is like a commanding officer, but an, but an enemy is an angel <laughs> yeah yeah what what was what was the one it was um a uh an archangel knows your name yeah and it's not a good thing and that's such a badass sentence like <laughs> it's so cool and it's like that alone gives me so many ideas to yeah. play with in a future part of the story that would totally drive your character into that moment yeah um so i think doing a little stuff like that we're like rolling on xanther's guide but keeping in mind the campaign that you're doing mm-hmm. And give, getting your getting your player hyped about their character. That's my favorite thing that Xanathar's Guide does. Yeah. Is it gets your player hyped about their character. Mm-hmm. Um, I highly recommend the weird stuff and supernatural <laughs> tables. Because I those are the ones that I always get the winning reactions out of. They're like, excuse me, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was swallowed by a giant fish? Or better yet, you were invisible for an amount of time. That also happened to Thomas. Oh, wow. And we decided he was invisible for two years. Oh, my and God. And so sometimes forgets people can see him. That's that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just little it's little stuff like that. And like, and like am I going to do anything with that? No, but that's stuff for them to know. Mm-hmm. But then sprinkled amongst them is something I can pull out and tie to the, the story we're doing right now. Yeah. So. Definitely. Like, because... When you're playing a campaign, these players that you're sitting at the table with, they're the protagonists. Yeah. All of them, all at once. No. So it's kind of fun to sometimes tailor the story directly around them. But what I will say is, like, if you want something that's a one to two sentence thing, it should be why they are in the first session. Yeah. That and, and like, I think most of the time people think of character hooks as what's tying them to the current story. But I think a hook is more... Is, is more appropriate to 
why they are involved in the first episode, essentially. Yeah, because their bond, if they made their character according to the PHB, mm. is what keeps them in the campaign. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the hook is what starts them on that path. Yeah. So, like, if you're doing Tyranny of Dragons, yeah, you have a lot of um, hooks there that are kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. But it could it could be something simple as uh, you're going to visit a family member in Greenest. Yeah. Th and that sentence alone <laughs> is going to motivate them to, as soon as they see what's going on in Greenest, to fucking book it. Yeah. Right there. To help. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter if they're an ancient gold dragon or been having visions of, of the apocalypse. Yeah. That is a motivation that is throwing them directly into this campaign. No, I mean, like, that's a brilliant point. I didn't even think about that. Hooks don't have to be the reason why they're in the campaign. Yeah. It just has to be why they're in the first session. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even, I didn't even consider that concept. Because, yeah. like, I, I don't think of a, like, when I think of a hook, like, like if we're going literal, it's not it's not something that you stick <laughs> like if you're getting a fish, it's like, all right, I hooked him. Leaving that there forever. <laughs> no, you take the hook out because they're here now. Yeah. It's a weird analogy, but I'm going with it. But it works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> you know, the campaign's them flopping around on the boat. I don't know. I'm done. Also um, works. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think Jonathan like from what I was reading in in your your thing there, I I don't overthink it too much. Let, mm -hmm. Like, I do recommend doing Xanathars and just seeing what you can do with it. If nothing is able to happen with it, that's fine. Yeah. You can do other stuff later on. Pull some character twists. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we were talking about. It's like hooks themselves, they're not in the grand scheme of things. They're not that majorly important. They're good to get the story going. Yeah. But when it comes to the overall story I, I, well, I mean, I will say that I think that they are important because when we did Tyranny of Dragons, Kyle did the, was an ancient gold dragon and he fucking held on to that. Like oh, that yeah. was his whole motivation. So that worked for him. Oh, yeah. Well, that would also though, not just be his character hook, but that would also be his bond. It's true. Yeah. So it's like, see, that's, that's why that, that one gets a little confusing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, it would, that totally would have been. character hooks can be bonds. That's the fun thing. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But I, I, I think when you're looking at the hook as in what is going to tie them or get them into the story. Mm -hmm. It should be why they're in the first session. What's pushing them to run towards yeah. greenest. It's, uh, you know, like I, if you look at tomb of annihilation, um, my character hooks were, they all received a letter from Sindra Sylvain to have them to meet her in water deep. Yeah. That's the hook there. They, 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 they had a curiosity to go see what was going on. Yeah. And so they all had a very similar character hook, but they all had vastly different backstories that I played with in one way or another uh, throughout the campaign. But none of them, the, the only reason they were tied together was that initial hook of go talk to Cinder Sylvain. Yeah. I mean, that's a funny thing. Looking through all these character hooks into Annihilation, all of them pretty much point towards you're talking to Cinder Sylvain. Yeah. Except for like one or two of them, but that ends up being you're going to be on this boat. <laughs> yeah so it's like no matter what they're gonna end up in Schultz. yeah yeah, exactly mm -hmm. so it, it don't think of a hook as like you know what's tying them to the long game it's just yeah. what's tying them to the first one yeah because the, the, yeah it's the bond and the hook they the, what they can yeah. be the same but not every hook is a bond <laughs> and you can totally come up with these in the first session Mm -hmm. You know, a character tells them, tells you their backstory and you're just, you know, you think about it, you're like, okay, what if you, how about you were going here because of this? And the player's like, oh yeah, no, I like that. Cool. All right. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go with that. So that was, I, I don't think like, you have to have it all set up at session zero for this. Like there is stuff that you can't oh, yeah. do in the first session to just be like, here's why you're here. Oh yeah. I mean, more often than that, that's, that's why that works. Yeah. And <laughs> the way that works, that is... Especially if you're homebrewing a session too. Yeah. Because in a homebrew world too, oh my gosh, it's like these players don't necessarily know the world that they're in. So it's like you guys are here because of this. Yeah, you need you should definitely help them out, if, especially if it is a homebrew world, because they will have not as much reference possibly. I mean, mm -hmm. if they're new players like Jonathan, like they got zero reference. So. Yeah, exactly. Like if they're new if they are new players, just telling them like why their character is there instead yeah. of saying, Would you be here? 
yeah. it definitely at least gets the story started, mm-hmm. which is what a character hook would do. Or just knock them all out and have them show up in the back of a cart and have Skyrim flash on the screen. And that's how they ah, get to greenest. You're finally awake. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> all right. Uh, well, hopefully we answered that for you, Jonathan. If mm-hmm. uh, we did a terrible job, please let us know at difficultyclass.gmail.com oh, and we'll yeah. try and help you out more as we can. <laughs> um, let's go do a DM's Guild Spotlight. Mm-hmm. So DM's Guild Spotlight this week is Puzzles, Predicaments, and Perplexities, which is really putting this puffer to the test. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, It is by Steve Jasper Orr and Bill, oh God, Petrino. Yeah, Petrino, that looks right. Um, This, as soon as I saw this, I went, I need this. Sounds like I need it. Because (laughs) I love puzzles. I like perplexities. I like predicaments, but I suck at Oh, gosh. Same. Like, most of the time, what I end up doing is I'm just like, let's just go find, like, a kindergarten puzzle and just make it sound cool. Just um, put some runes on it. Yeah, there put you some go. runes on it, something like that. <laughs> um, so this has 10 original puzzles uh, for use in your adventure, instructions on how to scale the difficulty of puzzles for characters of all levels, hints for each uh, puzzle uh, to guide your players towards the solution without simply giving it away. Five original maps, four original ha- uh, handouts, uh, table listing spells potentially triggered. Like this thing wow. has got a bunch of really cool stuff, and like it looking scales through... with player levels too. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and that's that's something that is harder with traps because if you just have a pit trap and they fall at level fifteen, it's like you took five bludgeoning damage, and they're like, so <laughs> <laughs> can someone give me a hand? Yeah. <laughs> So it's probably it's probably scaling in terms of like, all right, you fell in a pit trap that has acid and spikes and fire jets. And also you're currently in an ooze. <laughs> <laughs> this is the pit trap of curse. <laughs> what does that mean? You're cursed. Damn it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this this little supplement looks fantastic for anyone who has my problem of not being able to come up with puzzles and uh, all that fun stuff. So Go uh, go check this one out. Uh, it again is puzzles, predicaments, and perplexities. is on DMs Guild, and we will of course tweet it out like we normally do. So you can How go grab it. It, uh, it is four ninety nine. Oh wow! It is currently four forty nine because it is DMs Day. Hey, who knew? <laughs> Not us. <laughs> Yeah, we were both like, who decides this? And yeah. how does everyone know? <laughs> yeah, I, it, I, I kind of felt like uh, Patrick Dempsey in uh, fucking Enchanted. Oh, yeah. It's we're like, we're like does how does everyone do you, know this song? Does everybody know this song? What, are, did you guys practice this? <laughs> like, That's how I woke up this morning and looked at Twitter and everyone was like, happy GM day. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> sure, <laughs> great. <laughs> what? Um, so, yeah, I don't know if it will still be 449 when you look at it on Friday, yeah, but, uh, it's 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 normally four ninety nine, not that bad. As we're a really gonna good tweet price. about it on Wednesday yeah. today, yeah, <laughs> about it, so that way you won't miss out just in case. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, <laughs> you're much smarter than me, Al. You know that. <laughs> well, thanks. All right, all right. Let's go into our second topic, which is connecting campaigns, which is something I fucking love doing oh yeah no it's a lot of fun to do and you're you've been doing it essentially this entire time 5e has been out (sighs) (laughs) well like i for for mine i'm gonna get more specific i'm gonna get down to connecting campaigns for a specific group not just the mcu (laughs) thing we could we could discuss that one another time Mm -hmm. but like i'm talking like with you yeah you did uh, you did your own stuff for Neverwinter and then you transitioned into Storm King's Thunder and now you've transitioned into something else. Yeah. And it is the same players. Maybe, probably not the same characters, Eric. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I'm kidding. That was a bad joke. Uh, but uh, it, uh, but you've, you've had these same players and you've transitioned them through now three campaigns. Yeah. And you've tied them all together the whole time pretty much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> talking about those character bonds earlier, um, those really help. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially it started out with the overview of it, I guess, like just to sum it up. The first campaign is literally the Neverwinter MMO, um, starting campaign. I still love that. Uh, <laughs> like that is such a brilliant way. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just going to gush for a second. I like, cause I remember one day you were like, Hey, you text me. You're like, Hey, I forgot my stuff. Could you take pictures of it and send it to me? I'm oh, like, yeah. Yeah, sure. So I go in and I find your file and I'm looking through it and I just text you back. I'm like, are these fucking MMO quests? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, 
That's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, basically, they go to Neverwinter and Neverwinter's under siege, but then they fix it in their own way as level ones do. And then (laughs) (laughs) fighting crabs, (laughs) (laughs) stopping a lich on a bridge, you know, when she's already leaving that kind of thing. Um, And then they're now, you know, they they have high honors because it's like, they happened to be across this lich Mm -hmm. when she was going to murder someone and they saved them. So it's like, Hey, that's cool. Um, And so now one of the high generals is like, can you keep doing things for us? We will, we'll pay you. And so it's like, they're like, yeah, we'll get paid. And so then they took down an uprising, which was the Nashers. Yeah. And then they're like, man, we're really starting to get connected to this city, especially since they paid us in a house. And so <laughs> <laughs> and so now they have a more connection to the city itself. So they want to help protect it even more. And so then they're hanging out. And then all of a sudden, this character from like the very first instance that they ever played, level one day on the beach kind of thing, he's in trouble and he's asking them for help. And it's like, okay. And so then they go and they figure out what's wrong with him. His wife's got the spell plague. And so he's got to go and that's against the law. Yeah, (laughs) She's going to get exiled and he doesn't want that. So then they go through some shady business and they take down the biggest threat in Neverwinter, which is this underground spell plague business. Mm -hmm. And what what level did they go up to in Neverwinter? Um, In Neverwinter itself, it was one through 11. Wow. Yeah. Um, And so they... and. The spell plague itself ended at level 11. And then you transitioned that into Storm King's Thunder. Yeah. um, After the spell plague, they were fucking around um, (laughs) for the Summerfest, essentially. And in the middle of that, um, these giants invaded, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, Because this whole time, um, spoiler, Artist Simber was in Neverwinter. Oh, yeah, that's right. Your players had been working with Artisimber. Because he had actually was a mentor for one of the players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the players was traveling in his character hook north to just be away from his hometown. And on the way, he met Artisimber. As you do. And Simber, who was trying to lay low, was like, yeah, I can train you. You look like you need my help. <laughs> and so Simber followed them there. And he's like, it's been a long time since I've been in the city, but... I'll, I'll hang out for you guys, especially for you, who's now my trainee, mm. <laughs> who I'm mentoring. And so it's like, Simber was there for them with them for a while. But then as soon as the summer festival came around, he's like, there's way too many people in the city that know me. I need to leave. Also, I may or may not have some business elsewhere. Hint, dun, dun, dun. hint. Some, another yeah. campaign. Yeah. <laughs> and so he fucked off. The giants didn't know he fucked off. <laughs> They just knew he was in here because obviously news traveled. And so they invaded Neverwinter. The players were like, that's not cool. And they also kidnapped one of my players. Yeah. Uh, one of, <laughs> mostly because he wanted to switch characters, but I didn't want to kill off his character. Yeah. And it also served as a great way to get them to get a, play a group hook yeah. into the campaign itself. Mm-hmm. Because at first they weren't like, yeah, let's stop these giants. They were like, we need to go save our friend. Yeah. <laughs> and so they transitioned from my homebrew campaign into this book. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that airship dragged their friend away, a mickle away, I opened the book. <laughs> I'm like, all right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and so they went north, which is where they saw the airship going. And we went through that entire thing. And we finished out the campaign because they realized it's saving not just Neverwinter, but the whole Sword Coast. Mm -hmm. Like Sword Coast, the Faerun is in danger if these giants go through their plans. And so they become more than just these city heroes. They start becoming the Coast Guard, which is what they named themselves. I know, I know. And I love that name until I die. It's the perfect name. (laughs) I'm dead. (laughs) And so... They help dwarves out. They're getting a fortress built because they did. And they're like, okay, cool. Well, that was awesome. But then they're getting word from these elves that they helped out during the summer festival. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So way back when, about like four months in game time ago, they get a sending saying, hey, listen, um, we found where your dad was, but he's fucked off. So we need your help. <laughs> so so to, to, to like pull back and outline this, yeah. <laughs> you had the Neverwinter thing going. You mm-hmm. did this summer event. Yeah. 
And then you found a way to tie that to post Storm King's Thunder, yes. which picked up right after the summer event. Yes. That is fantastic. Yeah. And this next campaign is entirely around one character's backstory, essentially. It's remember that yeah, whole yeah, criminal yeah. syndicate thing? Yeah, yeah. That's what they're dealing with, except this criminal syndicate has stopped being criminals. Mm -hmm. They have a different vendetta going on. Yeah. And so it's world ending, not just a danger for the Sword Coast. It is magic ending possibilities. Mm -hmm. And so now these guys have a personal quest of, we don't want magic to end. And also we need to stop your father. <laughs> and so it's like, they're, they're going through that. It, it feels like a very natural progression. Yeah. Like the, like possibly the only thing that is kind of out of place is that like start, uh, giants attacked. But the fact that that, when you look at it is building up their reputation mm -hmm. when it's about them, that's really awesome like that yeah. it is actually progressing through levels instead of just we're doing one campaign mm -hmm. and you're gonna be in this forever and <laughs> yeah. that and that's something that i kind of really like about transitioning and connecting campaigns is you don't have to see the end of a book or an adventure or a campaign as the end of the story oh gosh, that's just no. the end yeah. of that part of the story mm -hmm. um I mean, like, like at the end of every single book, they have options of like, what to do hey, next, what you can do next. Yeah. Um, and Storm King's Thunder actually gave a ton of options yeah. afterwards. But but I do feel like a lot of people see the end of a campaign as the end of the group meeting. And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like Golden Pals, we started with Lost Minds of Fendelver. Mm -hmm. And I tied that into the villains of uh, uh, Waterdeep, Waterdeep right? Dragon yeah. Heist. They played through that, and then at the end of that one, I gave them the option of like playing the same characters or doing something different. One player stayed the same, so again, we tied it to that story. Started in Waterdeep, now they're doing... <laughs> they started doing Storm King's Thunder, <laughs> and then they went and did a fucking sequel to <laughs> Tomb of Annihilation, yeah. and now they're back in Storm King's Thunder, <laughs> and they're going in... And, and what I did last night, like what I was saying, like, oh, I'll mention this later, was... I've started laying the seeds for what's coming next. I know what's coming next, and I'm nervous about it because it's all me. Ooh, so you're not doing book? No, because <gasps> we're going to be at a, a part where the books aren't that high of level, mm -hmm. at, at least to start. And so I do want to do this group justice and actually have them go up to level 20. Oh, yeah. But for me... Higher level play is planescapes and stuff like that. See, my players are just starting to get into that. Yeah. They've now gone to the Feywild and they've now gone from the Feywild to the Abyss. Mm -hmm. And that's not the end of planescaping at this yeah. point. Like they could go from there anywhere they like. <laughs> well, well, so the things that I've done and my, hey, Golden Pals, if you're listening to this, stop. Um <laughs> So, uh, my my brother in law's god is Ferlangan, who's mm -hmm. a who's a Greyhawk god, but he is a god who goes wherever he wants to any plane of existence hmm. and just walks around. Neat. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, cool. I've already got a hook there for that. Um, and then one of my other players. There, it's really hard to talk about this one without spoilers, but I'll just say and I'll just say that you don't ask what this is. There's a thing called a caltropal. Oh. And they, oh. yeah. Uh <laughs> he wants to know where it is. And it was it was mentioned in the Cholt game. Yeah. And it was gone. It vanished. And no one knew where it went because I just mostly didn't want to fuck with it. <laughs> and so he asked the Oracle last night, where is the caltropal? And I had and it was one of those moments where I'm like, Am I gonna do this? Yeah, I'm going to do this. And I and I said, the oracle speaks in its omnipresent voice and says one word. Theros. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. So. Yes, I love it. <laughs> so I'm already laying the seeds for what's coming next. And I feel like that's an, a really important thing to do. Like what you did with the summer festival. Mm -hmm. Like you may not have been planning that at the time, but you were like, you went back and looked like, what could I do? To, to pull this together. And yeah. as long as you have those connections and they don't just feel like going book to 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 book. To book, to book, to book, to book. 
Yeah, give yourself those like I'll worry about it later clauses yeah in every campaign so that way you have like a way to bring it back later (laughs) and i feel like because you're doing so many sessions and so much time with players you can totally throw out things that don't ever come to fruition like it's not Mm -hmm. like a tightly edited movie where there has to be a explanation for every little thing you could throw in threads that you're like maybe this will connect to one of the other books that i want to do or that we want to do yeah and you can have it there and it's okay if it doesn't actually have anything happen with it because luckily you don't have millions of nerds watching it in a theater and then chasing you off of twitter because (laughs) you didn't finish a plot thread yeah you know you know that yeah um yeah i mean like even major like minor side quests can be a huge tie-in because <laughs> um <laughs> because like in neverwinter there's this place called black lake it didn't used to be called black lake until this huge sludge kind of infested all the waters mm-hmm. and it turned from this clear blue into just pure black sludge yeah. um there's a reason behind that the players kind of sidestepped that and they're like they always there's the the running joke in the party it's like we should probably get back to black lake at some point (laughs) because like the last time they were there they were level six oh my god and now they're they're level 15 yeah so it's like we should probably get back to black lake at some point (laughs) just massacre whatever is in there that is bad well like the funny thing is is if they did continue down that path at level six they would have realized what it was and probably would have had to have asked for help yeah now they are the help. Now they are the help and they could probably handle it. But that's a little bit spoilers because I have an idea for what I'm going to do, which, yeah. hey, wouldn't you know it? Character hooks yeah. <laughs> brought you into that. And so it's like, I'm I'm excited to go down that path if they ever go down it. <laughs> and but, if not, we'll find out. But I do think like I've loved the idea of connecting campaigns since I was first doing campaigns. Yeah. Like I had a plan for my fourth edition game that the first part of the advent well the long part of the adventure was going to be from levels one to 21 Mm -hmm. and that was going to be all drock and tiamat and everything yeah and then levels 21 to 30 was going to be orcas Mm -hmm. so like i and i had already been i knew i wanted to do that from the get-go so i was always tying in things to orcas so it's good to know what you want to do afterwards like yeah um, here's, here's a good example of something that didn't come to fruition. Our Curse of Strahd game. Um, I had a character show up in there that was not in the book. Yeah. <laughs> and Spencer made a deal with her. That deal was supposed to tie, uh, you guys to Ravnica because that's what we had been talking about doing next. That would be so cool. <laughs> yeah. And so I, because we, you know, no matter what, like, and, and sometimes it sucks, but don't try, try not to let it suck. But most of the times your players are going to talk about what's next. Yeah. No matter. <laughs> I've had players talk Always. about that second session. They're like, well, after this campaign, I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we just started. We just started this. Let's so, bask in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Let's enjoy what's going on now. But, you know, so. It is not, it's not a bad idea to know what's going to come next, mm-hmm. even that early in. Like, that's like I had originally planned for after Dragon Heist to go into uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Yeah. And then I saw how like railroading and dungeon crawling it is. I'm like, that's not this group that's not at this fucking group. <laughs> all. But I had put in seeds to bring that up next. Yeah. I introduced that dungeon in the like first time we did Waterdeep. Yeah. So knowing what's going to come next and putting in those little foreshadowing little seas little whatever yeah um is it will really help pull your characters in or pull your players into that adventure something that i also would recommend is connecting an entire campaign to a character (laughs) which i know it sounds like wait that sounds like you're gonna spotlight someone it's like kind of but only because it's their background i i what i will (laughs) say is be very careful with it the reason why i'm actually able to do it for me though is because it's not going to be the entire campaign. It's only piecemealed. Oh, no. I, I So it's like the entire Waterdeep concept. Um, we already have gotten into that. Like, Twyla has already gotten a letter from her parents. Yeah. And she's already talked to her parents about, like, her mom knew what the Stone of Galar is. And it's like, well, how but, do we deal with that? And so it's is, like, that's going to be an eventual thing. The thing is, though, that works 
at where you are in the story. Yeah. That's not going to work at the beginning of the story. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah, yeah. you can't start a campaign no, yeah. that way. Um, you know, having one character tied to the events of it, I, it could work as a transition. Mm-hmm. As long as they're with a group who are like, oh, yeah, I would, of course, go with right or die. this. Yeah. yeah. So it's, again, read the table. Yeah, <laughs> but again, but yeah, definitely do be careful about it because you can run into the problem of spotlighting. Yeah, and other players feeling like they are the side character; they're the the joxer to mm-hmm. this person, Zena. That's kind of why I like having the campaign like incorporated into the the background because if it's the campaign, you already know who the main like antagonist is, mm-hmm. and it ends up not being like as long as you don't make the antagonist of like that specific campaign like the players parents or something which spoiler i didn't do that um then you're fine because in the end the campaign doesn't become about the character itself yeah it becomes about the situation Mm -hmm. and it was just the hook into that campaign more so than anything that's true yeah uh, presented like that yeah that is a totally viable i mean like we we didn't exactly do that but like uthal uh, uthal's character well saint james's character uthal was the transitioning point between dragon heist and Storm King's Thunder. Mm-hmm. It was because they had helped save the city that L'Oreal Silverhand was like, hey, I want you to come with me on this. Yeah. And so that was that was the transition point that maybe did feel focused, but what I did with it was I found interesting things to do with the other characters. Like Tara and Christy's character were coming in from Skyreach. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alex's character was a turtle who L'Oreal also trusted. And it was like, wait, why does L'Oreal Silverhand trust this random turtle? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, doing stuff like that, I think, is a great way to transition a campaign. I mean, you know, not start it, but yeah, transitioning Definitely it, don't yeah. start it like that. Because, yeah. yeah, it's if you're already in a campaign where you've been well, for like 10 levels. Like, okay, uh, another another one of those like throwing out things that I just remembered that I did. I just realized that last night I actually threw out a possible hook to do out of the abyss. Oh, see, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and it was because of, oh my, okay. So m- my players were going through a giant's old place. Mm-hmm. And it says uh, in the book, here's what's in the bag. Roll four times on the, the giant bag loot. Yeah. But there's also this magic item, which Christy got. And then it says, there are three dwarf heads. <laughs> One funny one of them's like one of them has ten gold teeth worth one gold each, and I'm just like, what? And straight Why? like my players are like, I feel like this gold teeth is foreshadowing. I'm like, it's really not. It's like not. I straight up told, I'm like, no, don't look into these teeth. Don't like, it's hold just the teeth. There. Just, just don't. But um, but one of the things that um uh, Nick rolled for in the bag was it was a, a practice dummy, mm. and. Someone, uh, I was like, what's up with this practice zone? Is there anything interesting about it? And I just, being flowery with my language, I was like, oh, it still has some of the dirt and root around it that it was pulled out of. Like this giant was like, oh, that's pretty. And just pulled it out of the ground, threw it in its bag. So it still has some of like the dirt and everything around it. So he was like, I want to see if I could tell where it's from. Oh, all right. (laughs) So he rolled a 20 on his nature check or survival check, whatever it was. Um, And so I was looking around and I was like, oh, there's three dwarf heads in here. Are they coming from the same place and everything? And so I said it was from Neverwinter Wood. And Gontelgrim is over there. Oh, yeah. And there's three dwarf heads. But Gontelgrim mm. hasn't been uh, you know, inhabited in a long time. Yeah. So like all of them were like, oh, that's really interesting. And I realized, I'm like, oh, there's a that actually has a connection to Out of the Abyss. Yeah. I didn't even do that on purpose. But so I have options just because I've been doing stuff. Yeah, that's the cool thing about Faerun is because all of the 5e books essentially, except for the planar ones, yeah. take place in the Sword Coast, wherever they're traveling is potential hooks to the next campaign. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, Justice and Anthony did that with the uh, the the Etriol uh, adventure. Yeah. Where it was like, this could either be the start of Baldur's Gate or it could be the start of Tyranny of Dragons. Yeah. And I loved that. I love that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's that's I think I've I've word vomited out all I have. How about yeah. you? So essentially, to I guess sum it up, try to 
introduce character hooks throughout your story ahead of time and as a form of foreshadowing in a way mm-hmm. um, because that really kind of brings the characters in and out ooh kind yeah. of moment yeah don't don't be afraid to throw in just weird mystery crap that you have no explanation for at the time and then later you go oh I could do that yeah and then they'll be like oh remember that thing and you're like yes I had it planned all along yes you can just sit back <laughs> and just like yes I am the master outliner even though I just <laughs> bought this campaign book two days ago. Just even though they just announced this book and I didn't know about it. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, what, you know, what was really funny is Alex is the one that asked where the Caltropa was and I said Theros and he's like, what the fuck is that? And Nick immediately is just like, I know what it is. And they're like, what is it? I'm like, no, Daggery doesn't know. Nick knows. Nick knows. And I just look at him. I'm just like, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then, it, then like 10 minutes later, Alex goes, oh shit, I know what Theros is. And he holds up a countdown die that he was messing with the whole game and it was from the Theros set. Oh, goddamn. He's like, I just happened to be messing with this die. <laughs> like, that's hilarious. That's great. Anywho, um, we don't got any listener questions. I know. I kept forgetting I'm to sad. tweet out <laughs> that we that we needed them because we're out. So if you if you want to send in some questions and hear us talk mm-hmm. in your ear bits. Uh, yeah, not in- just for us, but for Wiz too. Yeah, absolutely. Send, send them in for Wiz. Send them in for the Explorer's uh, Guide to Wild Mount. All mm-hmm. that fun stuff. Uh, and we'll be sure to answer and talk about them. You can send those into difficultyclass at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that is going to run us into the end of the show. Uh, that, you know, if you enjoyed the, uh, this podcast and want to support it, the best way to do that is by leaving a review on the service of your choice as well as telling your friends about the show. If you'd like uh, your question, advice, or stories read on the show, you can send those into difficultyclass at gmail.com. And if you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass or on Instagram at difficultypodcast. So until next week, don't get killed by a cow tropel.